Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for accepting this invitation for our Bible study on April 19th, 2023. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, we confess that sometimes we think our thoughts should be your thoughts and our ways should be your ways, but that is not so. And help us to realize that in the end, your will and not our will will be done. For this, we are ever grateful. We lift this prayer in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen. I guess if I was to give this study and reflection a title, it would be titled, Unintended Consequences. Do you remember the story of Joseph and his jealous brothers and how they sold him into slavery. The story of Joseph and his interaction with his father and his brothers begins in chapter 37. It begins with the dream, that, several dreams that Joseph had, and it culminates in Genesis chapter 50 with these verses. This is Genesis chapter 50, verses 18 to 20. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. I am in the place of God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Thank goodness God was in charge then. He was in charge when Stephen was stoned. We're going to get into that a little bit as well, actually a lot. And he is in charge now. In our last Bible study and reflection I did several weeks ago, actually I believe it was the Wednesday before Easter, we took a look at why the gospel cannot be stopped. Remember the Jewish religious leaders and the Roman political leaders arrested Jesus, drug him before a mock trial, declared him guilty, and crucified him on a wooden cross in between two criminals. They thought, and they hoped, that would be the end of him and the end of the gospel. Just the opposite happened when God resurrected Jesus and fulfilled all the scriptures had prophesied about him. Death was defeated and sin was defeated. Christianity, also known as the way, or followers of Christ, began to grow. And this growth happened even in the face of persecution. Today's study is based on Luke's writings found in the book of Acts. I'll offer a little bit of commentary on this, but it's such a great story that it really doesn't need much explanation because it sort of tells itself. First of all, a little background on Stephen. Most of what is known, or really all we know about Stephen, only occurs in Luke's writings in the book of Acts. Stephen was a Hellenist Jew and one of seven men ordained as deacons in the early church. He was also the first Christian martyr, stoned to death for preaching that Jesus was the Christ. Traditionally, Hellenistic Judaism was a designation for Judaism in the Greek-speaking world, including those Jews who spoke Greek and adopted, to some extent, a Greek way of life. Stephen, whose name means crown, was a bold evangelist 
who was not afraid to preach the gospel despite dangerous opposition. This is what would really prove to be his downfall, but certainly not the downfall of Christianity. His courage came from the Holy Spirit. While facing death, he was rewarded with a heavenly vision of Jesus. Here are some of the Bible references where Stephen's story is told. In chapter 6, 7, chapter 8, 11, and 20, all in the book of Acts. The first reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 8 through 11. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. This kind of echoes what happened to Jesus, doesn't it? Our next reading is sort of lengthy. It starts in Acts chapter 7, verse 54, and continues through Acts chapter 8, verse 8. This is the stoning of Stephen. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, Receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now we'll skip ahead to Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. And this is titled, The Church in Antioch. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews, 
Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Our next reading is from Acts chapter 22, verses 17 through 21. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately, because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Wow. We learned in this story that the stoning of Stephen had unintended consequences. Stephen was well-educated in the history of God's plan of salvation and how just how Jesus might fit into it as the Messiah. He was truthful and brave. Luke described him as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit and full of grace and power. And remember where it said something about the members of the synagogue of the freedmen? They argued with Stephen. Scholars think these were freed slaves from various parts of the Roman Empire. Now, as devout Jews, they would have been horrified at Stephen's claim that Jesus Christ was the much-awaited Messiah. That idea threatened long-held beliefs. It meant Christianity was not just another Jewish sect, but something entirely different, a new covenant from God replacing the old. This revolutionary message got Stephen hauled before the Sanhedrin. It was the same Jewish council that had condemned Jesus to death for blasphemy. When Stephen preached an impassioned defense of Christianity, a mob dragged him outside the city and stoned him. Well, then, I'm sure the mob thought this would put an end to this movement called Christianity. Wrong again. Stephen's influence was even stronger after his death. A young man watching the murder was Saul of Tarsus. Remember? He was the one that held the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death and saw the victorious way Stephen died. Not too long after, Saul would be converted by Jesus and become the great Christian missionary and apostle Paul. Ironically, Paul's fire for Christ would mirror Stephen's. 
Before he was converted, however, Saul would persecute other Christians in the name of the Sanhedrin, causing early church members to flee from Jerusalem, taking the gospel wherever they went. Thus, Stephen's execution sparked the spread of Christianity. The Holy Spirit equips believers to do things they could not humanly do. Stephen was a gifted preacher, but the text also shows that God gave him wisdom and courage. What seems like a tragedy can somehow be part of God's great plan. Stephen's death had the unexpected consequence of forcing Christians to flee persecution in Jerusalem. As a result, the gospel spread far and wide. As in Stephen's case, the full impact of our lives may not be felt until decades after our death. God's work is constantly unfolding and goes forth on his timetable. Stephen's martyrdom was a foretaste of what was to come. The Roman Empire persecuted members of the way, as early Christianity was called, for the next 300 years finally ending with the conversion of Emperor Constantine I, who adopted the Edict of Milan in 313 AD, allowing Christians religious freedom. Christianity grew exponentially, and the good news is God's plan is still unfolding and will remain unyielding. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father and most gracious God, with the help of your Holy Spirit, help us to realize that your will and your ways are far superior to our ways and our intentions. Let us be comforted by your words that assure us when your word goes out from your mouth, they will never return to you empty. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.